the only thing that stopped him becoming the best footballer in the world is that very thing that means he'll die without regret. He doesn't understand the game of football. And that's the that's the only thing that ever held him back. <laughs> but in not understanding the game of football, Jesus Christ, was he able to bring joy to the world. Tim Sherwood here. You're listening to the Villa Podcast. That morning sky gave me a look. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. I know I ended last week's podcast by predicting a Chris Wilder masterclass. <laughs> I have to say, when I did hear an interview in the middle of the week from Chris Wilder, I started to soften on that idea that there'd be a masterclass. When I heard an interview from a Premier League manager complaining about a linesman eating a sandwich after a game of football, why is he talking to somebody else? Not even the linesman. I knew Sheffield United were there for the taking. I knew this was not serious people we were dealing with. And I didn't need to worry about what happened before Christmas. Because I also knew Unai Emery hasn't slept since December 22nd. (laughs) I know he didn't enjoy his Christmas. I know he didn't enjoy what happened in January. Definitely didn't enjoy what happened in the game last week or midweek. But I knew for certain... More than anything else, whatever doubts I had about Aston Villa, Sheffield United had a manager who was more worried about a linesman eating a sandwich after a game of football. (laughs) I knew you and I, Emery, wasn't getting hung up on stuff like that. Is there there anything better than a bank holiday weekend? Watching your nearest rivals concede a 94th minute equaliser. Watching Ross Barkley run amok up in Riyadh. And then making yourself a big delicious BLT and egg sandwich. <laughs> they sit back and watch Premier League manager, self, self-anointed self Premier League manager Chris Wilder <laughs> somehow make a bigger tit of himself than he did on Wednesday night. I mean, that, that game tonight was such a non-event that Paul Tierney flashed up on the screen after 70 minutes. And my only reaction was, oh yeah, that cunt. Imagine <laughs> Sheffield United were so bad. I didn't even have an opportunity to get annoyed at Paul Tierney. Paul Tierney. And <laughs> and they were absolutely dreadful. Like brutally exploited by the boys. It was it was like watching Sean Bean get shot with an arrow after an arrow after arrow in whatever Lord of the Rings film that was. And I and I would say this was actually more painful for him, Conan. Particularly because he wasn't actually shot with arrows in Lord of the Rings. He was acting. But Conan, <laughs> I find it easier to believe that Sean Bean was wandering around Middle Earth fighting against trees or whatever it was. But like that's easier to believe than the fact that any of these Sheffield United players are playing in the Premier League. Like they they're in the top percent <laughs> of footballers in the world. And I'm being generous there. It's probably higher. I'm also being generous to myself with what I've assumed there with the maths, making it slightly easier. And you won't be able to challenge it anyway. But not, but not, not only are these lads shite, they were fucking miles off it as well. Yeah. And like their manager coming out after the Palace game, imagine the sandwich rant wasn't even the worst thing he said. Like, nor was it referring to himself as a Premier League manager because he's fucking barely that. But Chris Wilder came out after that game and said, Crystal Palace have two brilliant players and that was the difference. Implicit in that is... All my players are shitbags. I mean, it's true, but they don't fucking need to hear that. 
fucking do something. You've conceded yeah. 13 goals in the last three games. Don't tell your players there's nothing they can do about good players. You're playing Aston Villa next. <laughs> we have good players coming out of our fucking arses. <laughs> we have good players coming out of our fucking arses. We have one of the best managers in the world, and we have one of the best managers in the world who is pissed off. He's the most diligent manager in the world anyway, and he is not happy. He's got a point to prove. Like, these boys have been making him look bad. Imagine that. Like, <laughs> Emery has said it explicitly. He wants to win the Champions League. He can't have these boys showing up every week, making him look like a fucking mug, like he doesn't know what he's doing. And then with the tone was set from the very start. He showed up for his interview. And you can just imagine how he just got set up. You know, I don't know who the reporter was, but she had obviously just rushed into the interview. Great, we've got him. Let's go. Let's roll the cameras. And she said, Unai, you've got mad cash. What's the reason behind that? And he stopped, looked at her and went, good afternoon. <laughs> and and not what he normally does, not when he repeats the the polite exchange. He was like, like you're jumping straight into like doubting my team selection. Good afternoon to you too. And then, and then when he finally got round, got over that ignorance, he said, it's a tactical decision. Who do you think you are? Like, who do you think I am? What what has been happening to this club? Get out there now and score four fucking goals in this first half an hour. <laughs> and the best thing about that was as well, the changes were so simple and so obvious and, and so effective when they were implemented. I'm sure it couldn't have been... Very difficult for Unai Emery to G up these players as well. And what a fixture to have coming up next after that terrible run. It was amazing. <laughs> we, we'll go through the goals in a second. There was one other point I have to make. and I, I don't know where exactly I stand on this because of everything you just outlined, because of how bad the team is, because of how weird the manager is. <laughs> but <laughs> after 20 minutes, everybody's leaving. You know, it's it's 3-0, right? Here's my point on this. Where are you going? Like, what? I'm not, I'm not saying stay here. It's nothing grander. Like, you stay here and support the team. Get behind them. Let them hear you. Don't, like, don't walk out on them. It's like, what, what else do you have planned? You obviously put two hours aside, at least. <laughs> <laughs> to sit and watch this match. Where are you going after 20 minutes? That's going to be better. And this year, you're at a Premier League ground, as your manager would let us all know. And you're watching Aston Villa play. Just sit back and enjoy the football. Like, don't, like, yeah, it's shit that it's your team and they're getting absolutely hammered. And I can understand midweek games late on, people getting out of there when it's fucking gone 10 o'clock already. But this is a Saturday <laughs> afternoon that you've obviously catered for. I mean, I have an issue with play, people leaving off with like 80 minutes gone in a game on a Saturday. And it's like, surely you would have just factored in look it might take me an extra 40 minutes and i'd plan to get to where i'm going next so don't count on me being absolutely on time for this block of three hours I'll just plan for that uh, three hours yeah yeah <laughs> this is 20 minutes into the game this is 20 minutes into the game and they're all leaving they're all leaving they're probably going to end up in a pub watching the game anyway like, you're yeah. not going <laughs> yeah. home i really hope you're not going home as well imagine bringing that fucking head back into the house if you oh, imagine it was one of us like yeah like your partners would be abs- <laughs> they'd be gutted like they'd be so happy for you going out like you know you're really going to enjoy this and then like within half an hour you're coming back in slamming the door they're fucking cunts <laughs> Well, let's go through the first goal, the first of all the action that made these poor fellas go home. And it was, I mean, it was, it had a bit of everything really, because, I mean, the, the way Kanza and Bailey are getting these balls under control with their heads, it reminded me a bit of Man City players, you know, 
before Aston Villa completely dominated Man City. But you know the the really annoying thing about Man City is sometimes when the balls are loose, you think, oh, you've got a chance to get it, and they always keep it under control some way. They're just good players, and they're all able to get the ball back down to their feet and get it past in the game, whatever the position they're in. And Kanza and Bailey down the right did this really well, and Bailey gets it back to Kamara, and then Kamara just gets it inside to Douglas Louise, who was in the mood. For this game, for the first half, it's all he needed, really. And this ball to Watkins is lovely. And it's, it's well, it's almost a tasty finish for Watkins. Mm. Can't, we can't really say that because he didn't finish it. It hit the post. But I love the pass. I love the run. I love the finish. And I love John McGinn following up on it before everybody else. You said Sheffield United players weren't on it. And McGinn ran past them all from midfield to go and get that ball. It's it's so simple in the end. It's it's a lovely ball from Dougie Dougie Louise, but for him to be allowed to pick up the ball in that much space, remember like this is after a clearance, a header, a touch, a second touch, and a pass before it got the Dougie, and all this time Douglas Louise is just standing in the Sheffield United half, it's not inside their half. Douglas Louise, don't give him that space. Fuck me. And that lethargy and stupidity just runs through the whole team, starting with their fucking goalkeeper. I mean, if you're if you're ever struggling to remember his four syllable surname, remember the last <laughs> one is Ham. Like that'll get you there. He was he was far too slow off his line initially, but after the ball hits off his shoulder, he turns around and watches it. Get back! The ball mm. is trickling towards your empty net. You have a teammate diving in to clear it. The ball's not even on fucking target. Where is the ball going next? Get up and fucking pick that ball up, you numpty. The worst thing about this for me, though, was why is Watkins peeling away? He's directly behind us. He can see yeah. it's not going on as well. We could all see it. I knew it wasn't making it. It hit off the post, but I was sure the Sheffield United player was going to get there. Why is it only John McGinn that's following it in? And fair fucking played him. Watkins peeling away in celebration as if he had just executed a finish that suggested to me he thought he was offside. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. It must have been offside, but I'm going to run away anyway and enjoy it. The second goal, Douglas Louise magic again. He intercepts the ball in our box, plays a one-two of Kamara. Has to be said, it's not the hardest one-two he's ever going to play in his life. I mean, he intercepts the ball, turns around, rolls it to Kamara and jogs past one player into oceans of space. How did not? It's pretty insulting. They've not watched Aston Villa this whole time and gets the ball, looks up outside of the boot, around the corner to Watkins. Not around the corner, around the defender who's chasing Watkins back. It's inch perfect. It's absolutely brilliant. And it goes on to Watkins' run and his finish is brilliant. Like it, and he knows as soon as he hit it, it goes in, you can see the replays. He's trying to balance himself. They go peeling off again in celebration. Although he's trying to do that, it turns out every time he's shot. <laughs> but it's that's a great ball. It's a great finish. I actually showed a touch whenever that dreadful pullback from the fullback was arriving at Dougie's feet. I don't know why I felt the need to tell Douglas Louise of all people to take a touch, particularly against Sheffield United, and particularly when he's two hundred miles away from me. But then. <laughs> It's after that. It's just it's Douglas Louise deciding to score. When, when you're when you're against teams like this, shit ones that is. I don't think they're very good, Conan. I don't think I've made that clear. Like when they've <laughs> when they've, I nearly said come out of their shape. That would have been a bad reading to this game. If they've moved forward, kill them, <laughs> kill them as soon as you get the ball back. And when Douglas Louise dropped that off to Kamara, I don't actually think he realized there was as much space there. 
But when he did, good fucking night. I mean, talk about showing a lack of respect. Dougie might as well have wandered over to the chef United dugout with a sunny side up egg in between two slices of pothole bread. You know, the, you know the butter butter was in the fridge, and you've taken lumps out of the slice trying to spread it. <laughs> Yolk and ketchup going fucking everywhere. When he saw that space, it was just give me the ball back. We're going to score. Twenty yards out from his own nets, he decided they were going to score, and the pass is out of this fucking world. It's a great touch from Ollie Watkins. It's a great finish from Ollie Watkins. Absolutely beautiful goal. Somebody said to me, "Do you not think eighty percent of people could?" play that pass and I was like what the fuck are you talking about like, that, that, <laughs> that is inch perfect I, I I know I know what he's thinking he's thinking oh, so now, so I, I could theoretically play that ball it's like one inch one second what like t- take anything off that ball get anything miscued but it's it's not going directly into the pass of a full sprinting Ollie Watkins is wrong in that direction the only place he can score he has to get that ball around to his right foot at that perfect time to take the touch and Watkins does well but the pass is is absolutely perfect so absolutely not 80% of people who play football in the world could you tell me a Sheffield United player could do that no way <laughs> and as you know Conan they're in the top 99.999975% <laughs> but whenever Douglas, Douglas Louise whenever Douglas Louise was lining this up I was like hmm don't know Dougie <laughs> let's, yeah. let's just keep carrying it you've got loads of space there I mean it's such a difficult pass I wasn't completely convinced Douglas Louise should be playing it <laughs> Uh. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. Uh, and then Leon Bailey. I mean, we've talked about all the work this man's doing on his right foot that's just making people second guess <laughs> what, what to do. And we have to give Yuri Dielemans, we're going to give him plenty of praise today, but the way he wins that header and gets it down to Watkins, I thought it was Watkins up there backing <laughs> off in the defender, reaching across, like a Superman dive almost, a, a Jordan Pickford dive without the hands. Although, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and he, he heads it down and then Watkins just looks up, sees Bailey, pushes it in front of him. And you know the commentators were upset that they let Bailey onto his left foot. Have they not been watching Bailey? I think the defender deserves credit here. They can <laughs> shit Watkins has played this off Bailey's going to take me I know where Watkins is going to go I'm in trouble here and Bailey steps on his left and whips it in and I mean Jack on Twitter says, I mean this game's so good Leon Bailey's even bagging off his weaker foot <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean you, you've covered that off perfectly the header from Tielemans is it's so good the biggest compliment I can pay him is I did assume it was Watkins and then the biggest compliment I can play Watkins is that I've, it could have been Telemans playing that pass, <laughs> and he fucking loves that one. It's it's a tempting ball that gets gets the defender on edge way before he needs to be on edge, and then he's in trouble after that. I mean, he can probably get to the pass as well, but that's in his head. It's high risk, particularly if you're shite. And he's just seen what happened to the pre- during the previous goal as well. I actually think he recovers pretty well. I mean, he does well to keep Bailey off his stronger foot and shows him inside on his left and. Leon does really well. Must be putting in the hours in the training ground, Connor. Yeah. The fourth goal, Yuri Tielemans, a deserved goal. We'll come back to the chance just before that in the Rosenthal Award, but this was from a second <laughs> corner, a second corner in a row, and this one just goes straight into the box, and it's headed clear, and it's headed clear to Yuri Tielemans. It takes a touch, and he 
crashes it off the crossbar. I mean, it's just such a satisfying goal. I'd say the way he's, he's, he's thumped that in off the woodwork and it looked for a second like it might come out, but it's looked like it hit off the base of the post at the bottom as well. It was just optics-wise a lovely goal. Yeah, the first touch is really good. The second touch is out of this world. And my only criticism is he, he hit it that hard. I mean, Fodderingham's the goalkeeper. I'd take, <laughs> I'd take 20 or 30% off that power there. Just get it on target. It's the goal, son. No need for that. And then the fifth. Liam, you're going to be delighted to know that I have had the biggest few weeks in fantasy football land. And it is a new month, and we can talk about it as per the agreed rules. Uh, that you have and... been sticking to stringently, fair play to you. <laughs> and I, Captain Watkins, got me three assists, got me goal, got me bonus point, got them all doubled because he's captain. And I kept the faith of Alex Moreno. Did you, even sorry, I wanted to turf did, him out. Did you think about captaining anybody else? No. Did you and, not? Uh, no? Okay. Anthony Gordon didn't come into me thinking. I didn't send any messages. <laughs> but anyway. This ball from Telemans over the top there, Bailey. It's lovely. It's just a little... I mean, you think Telemans... I mean, I mean, you think Telemans is only good for the three balls, but he's got a bit of guile to him as well. <laughs> as if those measured three balls don't uh, require guile. But he just lifts this one over the top. And Bailey has to be strong, in fairness, to, to retrieve the ball, really, and keep it on the sideline, keep the defender away, keep it on the byline. And it's the defender who plays it back for Ollie Watkins. And just, uh, just stroke across this ball. It's just beautiful. He looks up, sees where the two men over are, and he, he he comes across it. He lofts it up like a little pitching wage, and it's just onto Moreno's left foot, and he just thumps it home on the volley off the laces. It's just a gorgeous goal. Yeah, Trusty doubts himself after doing doing the right thing and using his strength to see it out. And when it's just about to work, he, he tackles the ball back into the box. It was like the two players switch roles, like Bailey... Bailey looked like he was ushering it out for a goal kick and the defender trusted him, believed him that the roles had been reversed and just tries to keep it alive. It was mental. And he gets his reward. It falls to Ollie Watkins. But well done, pal. What the hell was that about? And it's an absolutely brilliant pick out from Watkins. So simple again, though. It's like you give a brilliant player that much time and space. Yeah. Give him the ball back, first of all, in your own box. Give him that time and space. Look up. He's got two or three players in even more time and space than he has. Course, we're going to score from that. It's a beautiful <laughs> controlled strike from Moreno as well, though. Just aesthetically, a really nice finish. This is it like the pass and the finish, and it is so easy because of how Sheffield United were defending them. But the way both of them just execute that off the right foot and then off the left foot, it's like ah, you can just tell they're better than us. You know, it's just like, <laughs> oh, footballers are really good. You know, do, do give them a bit of space and see what happens. You know, Ollie Watkins is going to float this gorgeous ball right on his left foot. He's going to catch it absolutely perfectly. Just lovely to watch. Yeah. A lot less than 80% of people could do that, I'd say. <laughs> and then the clean sheet almost got wiped out for my fantasy football team. Thankfully, it didn't. So, Moreno's two bonus points are in check as well. It's a weight off the... my <laughs> That's a fucking set piece goal. I mean, I don't know. Is it even worth bringing this up again? I mean, I definitely bring it up in the Rossenthal Award as well, but. For God's sake, like, they spent 90 minutes talking about Austin McPhee again. I think your theory is right that they're only talking about him because his hair is that long. And the ball, like it's just, he's a striking figure. I know he's an interesting figure because we'll all remember him. And it is a set piece coach. That is interesting to talk about. And especially for a club like Aston Villa, they don't know much about Aston Villa, but they know the set piece coach. That, that, that's cute. Let's talk about that. And, and nobody 
And he even he actually did mention he did say about their set piece record being shit, defending way, but nobody made the connection that we've been talking about a set piece coach and how great he is for ninety minutes. Anyway, they get a set piece and they score a goal. <laughs> and it's Vinny Sosa. And I have a lot of time for Vinny Sosa, especially after he stopped John Duran getting sent off. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the way he can have a laugh. Was it with Tim? The goal's about to get struck off and he's smiling about it. I mean, he knows you're going down and he's making friends on the way down. Like, this is the thing. <laughs> I almost almost feel bad about it. And it, like, it is offside. I mean, that's it. Maybe we shouldn't talk about it. But, yeah, it's just annoying that they get a set piece and they do score, whether it was offside or not. Conor, I thought that rant was very entertaining and I had that laugh during it. But the entire premise of it was completely wrong. You started off by saying <laughs> it's it's another set piece goal. It's not. It's not a goal. <laughs> It's, it's, in fact, it's a double offside. We defended it the way we wanted to defend it. We let them run past us. It's a double offside. The The only problem with this is that they seem to be checking the foul on Longley. Just draw the line on that big yeah. noggin at the back and let's get on with it. And this is the problem with the VAR system. It's, it's being operated by people who are intellectually insecure. Like they, they have to stick to the procedures because they don't have the courage to adopt a adopt their common sense like they're, they're terrified of making a mistake and they they don't have the judgment and decision making skills to fall back on like they can't trust themselves to just say he's clearly offside we can make that decision the, the other thing we're checking correctly procedurally wise benefits Sheffield United as well so let's not bother with that murky subjective call let's get on with the game because yeah. his entire head is offside the entire part of his body that played the ball is clearly offside let's mm. move on there was that moment where they were zooming in and you could see them talking I was like what are they are they not just drawing lines like why did he keep zooming in and I didn't really then that's what they were checking first I was like just draw the fucking lines and we'll all know where we stand and actually there's a line drawn for you at the edge of the box don't worry about it <laughs> let's take a pause and we're going to come back and whatsapp when it's a good day the boys are back in town and I'm absolutely buzzing <laughs> I'm introducing a new find, and this came very early into the match, so you can understand how hyped up I would have been, how Unai emery I would have been coming into this match, how paranoid I was going to be that this was going to be another game like this, another tough nut to crack. And Diego Carlos follows his man into the Sheffield United half and throws him to the ground as he's backing up against him. And I'm like, I'm not watching 90 minutes of this. And I, di- I, I didn't in the end. He didn't do it in the end after that. But, but I've seen this before from Diego Carlos, ball coming on feet, and he just throws boys over. <laughs> well he doesn't want to get turned around and have to do his comic book yeah. run backwards I suppose maybe that's what he's thinking there yeah bonus for Diego Carlos good decision making <laughs> <laughs> I mean what about the free kick that leads to the John McGinn shot we, we've we've created another routine Douglas Ruiz rolls it out to John McGinn to blaze one over from 25 yards the worst thing about this is the wall happens to split because Sheffield United are shite, but John McGinn, we tried to work a space there, and John McGinn has just absolutely yeah. wellied the ball at where the wall should still be. It's a, <laughs> it's a silly decision, and I don't know why this happens a lot. Douglas Louise just defers to John McGinn for these spanks. Douglas Louise should just be calling rank there and trying to whip that into the top corner. Yeah. yeah. I, like, why isn't Douglas Louise... We, 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 we talked about this... Loads of times he can score from the corner flag. He should be practicing scoring from the free kick from 20 yards out in the middle of the goals. Yeah, he absolutely should be. What he should not be practicing is the fucking John McGinn shot, though. 
Yeah. <laughs> only minutes later Paul Tierney played advantage and then the ball ends up 10 yards further back and Douglas Louise decides to have a shot 10 yards further back and from a worse yeah. angle rather than just saying give me the free kick absolutely crazy decision trickles into Fodderingham's gloves probably not a terrible decision seeing as Fodderingham was the goalkeeper Kanza had a throw in and he threw it straight out of play for a goal <laughs> kick <laughs> didn't think I'd miss Matt Cash on throw-ins and <laughs> And then Moreno, I mean, both of them are to blame here. Ramsey, I would say Ramsey goes for the 1-2. He doesn't. He passes it to Moreno. He couldn't have looked less interested in going back up the line to receive that second ball. And Moreno rolls out of play anyway on the sideline. Just That's because he, near receiving that ball. he wasn't interested in receiving it up the line. You're right. Again, Conan, you're absolutely spot on. He was interested in receiving the ball behind Moreno, where the space was in the middle of the fucking pitch. Give it back to him there. If, if Ramsey's not there, why are you kicking the ball there? Yeah, that's that, that's why I'm sort of blaming both of them. But yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I should maybe I should take Ramsey out of this one. Maybe Ramsey does yeah, get his way. Blame the person stuff. who kicked the ball out of play. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one. Welcome to Aston Villa Football Club, Morgan Rogers. I mean, I'm sorry to do it. I'm happy to see you here. We're all delighted. We're all looking forward to seeing what you got. Delighted you got on for the last 10 minutes as well. But I am not happy to see you going and collecting a Matt Cash throw-in. And we know how measured and how perfectly weighted those throw-ins are. And Matt Cash drops one onto his right foot. And he kicks it straight out of play trying to get it back to Matt Cash. I will be keeping my eye on this, Morgan Rogers. The standards have now lifted. Be your... <laughs> well, let's just hope Matt Cash throws him longer to him from now on because you know what a <laughs> missile he's got in his two arms. The first WhatsApp wins. Why is John Denver playing as the game is going on? <laughs> the match has fucking started. The second half has started. It's about 30 seconds into it. And I'm still listening to you fill up my senses. Absolutely insane. So many things strange about this. I mean, they were 4-0 down. I don't care if you do this every game. <laughs> don't do it now. This is just fucked. Not now. Not now, admin. As, as as you'd like to say, you and your 14-year-old pals on Twitter. Like, fuck <laughs> me. Like, don't play it now. They're 4-0 down. They're about to mm-hmm. concede as well. They're probably going to concede before the fucking first kicks in. Mm-hmm. Pathetic. And the second thing that's strange about it, in what world is that going to get the fucking fans G'd up? In what world is that going to get the players playing better? Yeah, It's like we were at a, a GA game together. It was a club game. And, you know, there was a, a Galway team on the first match. I think it was Hurling first match. And the Galway team won. And straight away, Galway girl comes on. Everyone's dancing along. And then the Saw Doctors N17 comes on. And everyone's bouncing. Everyone. And we were like, I wonder what it would be you know, if Derry ever went and won anything. And there's a Derry club playing the next match. And the Derry club wins. And they, they hit play, they press play on that record player that booms all over Croke Park. And oh, Danny boy, <laughs> the pipes, the pipes are calling. <laughs> Would you rather that or John Denver? <laughs> the second WhatsApp winch. This is a trend that I've noticed and I'm not I'm not happy with it. It's about time we started speaking about it. This guy sports come back from an ad break and the presenter whoever it is talks over a couple of graphics on screen and throws to an ad break yeah yeah it's mad only for these only for these Saturday 5.30 matches that they seem to hate showing stop fucking showing it then just don't show it 
Yeah, we've talked. We have talked about this before. Uh, Kelly Cates' role is to introduce the next ad break. That's what her role yeah. is in these in these half times. And like, I mean, let's let's get real here, Conan. Jamie Redknapp was the primary pundit in there as well. So was that really a bad thing? Like, you know, let's let's just get Ray Winston on and tell tell me to throw me money down the fucking drain rather than listen to Jamie Redknapp <laughs> shouting on. Can I tell you something? I'm cool. starting to soften on Jamie Redknapp. <laughs> I, I don't know why exactly it. I'm not sure even how many good points he's made or any time I've watched it. I'm like, I, oh, yeah, frankly, I think, <laughs> I think I'm just maybe getting a growing on a version to the people who are more in my screen. Maybe I'm just a hippie. Maybe it's just an alternative choice. Maybe Jamie Redknapp, who's on all the time, is suddenly the alternative choice. And yeah, I'm starting to starting to warm to him a little bit more. I can just feel it in my stomach. I, I can't give you a tangible example just yet but i'm keeping an eye on it anyway so he he's obviously robbing a fucking living because he, he's not particularly good at the job that he's got but i think maybe you're just you're either feeling sorry for him or based on the fact that it's you you're you've, you've pitched him as this underdog now because he's getting all the shit yeah. games he's getting I'll all the you, shit you, you are yeah you're so you're touching on it you're <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know the answer yet, but we are working through something together. And <laughs> because there's something in it when he's he's banging, you know, the bottom part of his hand against his palm. He's, you know, he, and it it's showing to me. Not that I'm a big gesture man. I'm, I'm obviously a big gesture man. But he is he, showing in that moment, not not in a showy way. Sorry, is my point that it, it's actually coming through that he is enthusiastic about this match. And that that's, I think, primarily what I want most. I want that even before somebody who knows what they're talking about. I want somebody there who's enjoying themselves. Like, I hate, I've often pointed out, you know, say Neville picks and choose when he just decides to drop into the studio when, when it deems that it's a, a big enough game or a big enough talking point that he's now going to, he's going to lend his weight and gravitas to. Jamie Redknapp, will not sink to those levels he doesn't feel like he's beneath any game he loves all these matches and there's something endearing about that even Aston Villa hammering Sheffield United Jamie Redknapp is bringing it <laughs> well this is probably the biggest game he's gonna get to be on fucking Luton and Everton <laughs> yeah that's a fair point that's a fair point the final WhatsApp point is a real life WhatsApp point and it comes from you it's 5-0. There's 15 minutes to go. My phone flashes. This is fucking pathetic. <laughs> no, Conan, to be fair, I quote tweeted myself from an hour previously. It was 2-0. And I said, we need to break the fucking record here. And that is ultimately the really frustrating thing about this game. We yeah. should have broken the record. There is absolutely no way we shouldn't have broken the Premier League record. And you're, you've mentioned you're going to bring Yuri Tielemans back up later. I'm going to bring him back up now. The really frustrating thing is that Tielemans was the only one who appreciated what was on offer here. Tielemans has uh. been here before. He's done it before. He's scored now. <laughs> like, Tielemans could smell the record was on here. Tielemans wanted it. The rest of them fancied a fucking sandwich and a cup of tea in front of Chris Wilder, but fucking <laughs> give him something else. Give him the only thing that could annoy him more. Give him a double digit oh. batter in here. And that was, it was on. I'm, I can't, anybody watching that game, I don't need to explain it to them. They, oh, they can appreciate how much that was on tonight because not only are Sheffield United the worst team in Premier League history, 
they were not on it tonight. So mm. you're taking a bunch of shitbags who can't play football and then who refuse to play football tonight. Beat them 10 0. Yeah. Do you know what? I agree with you. WhatsApp wins. <laughs> WhatsApp wins revoked. Definitely could have definitely could have broken the record there, but that's fine. Rio Telemans ran out of gas eventually, and once that happened, the game was over. And I think that probably coincided with this is fucking pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> the chances stopped coming. But anyway, we'll take a break and we'll come back after this. My mind's telling me no. This is what makes Big Bear DT so hard to resist. But my body, my body's telling me yes, baby. He's like a lovely big sloppy bacon cheeseburger. You know that ultimately he's really bad for you, but my god, is he delicious. Big Bertie Bertie, he's so hard to resist. So hard to resist. But what do you say about the people here now you're saying it's time to go on a diet? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is it worth it? It might sate my appetite for a while, but I'm only looking worse. My skin's breaking out in spots. My waistline's getting a bit out of control, and overall, it's not the best thing for me. So hard to resist. So hard to resist. It's very enjoyable eating the burger. My God, is he delicious? My God, so hard to resist. Lovely big sloppy bacon cheeseburger. Bertrand Ferrari. Bertrand Ferrari. A moment on the lips, forever on the hips. <laughs> Let's do the Ronnie Rosenthal Award. It could have been so much stickier if it wasn't for Emmy Martinez. Although maybe we should thank the stickiness of his jersey because that ball almost went <laughs> underneath him as well. It was just a ball over the top. We might look, it might have been offside. It was close though. Kanza looked like he could have been playing him onside. Bereton Diaz goes down the left. Always down the left. And he cuts inside. Like the shot's not great to be honest. They called it right on the commentary. They said it's just, you know, he's, he's made it clear what he's doing, but maybe he couldn't do much else. And he, in fairness, he's probably tried to pull it then when it looked like he was going to whip it around Martinez, but Martinez gets down on it eventually. But it, it's like his ribs land on it. And thank God they did. And thank God they're that strong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the first thing he said there, like it might have been offside. The, the important thing here is the line was a mess. Like the the, the mm. four the four of them are all in completely random positions, seen strung across there. And, and why are you phrasing him? It was like, oh, to be fair to him, it looks like he was trying to pull it there, even though he telegraphed he was going to whip it into the back. He didn't pull it though, did he? Had a straight the yeah, goalkeeper. Like good, if, he, no. if he changed his decision, then change your decision and put it at the front post. Don't put it the one place you don't want to put it. Now, we're going to step on some Paul Merson Award nominations, but Ezra Konza, step forward here. Some lovely link-up of Leon Bailey down the right-hand side. And just the way he cuts inside, it's just gorgeous. Like, it just goes for it. It's not, he's not just drilling the ball across. He's not panicking. It's not a centre-half thinking, oh, Jesus, I'm in the box. It's just a great football player looking at a shit football player thinking, yeah, go on, I'll go past him. And he goes past him, holds somebody else off on his left, and... Uh, it, it's a save from fathering him in the end, which nobody would have expected. But 
I think from the position Kanza found himself in, it would have been tough. Uh, maybe maybe if he could have went under his legs. I don't know. He's holding somebody off. The keeper's out on him. I, yeah, he's, he's hit the ball on target. I know. Oh my god, it's it's absolutely filthy, and the and the strength afterwards, it's not fair. Like he shouldn't, he shouldn't be this good at football. Yeah, but you're right. He he should just lace that at Fotheringham's face with his left foot. <laughs> like if he doesn't score, at least he's hit Fotheringham in the face. But he's he's trying to he's trying to run around it and, and never really gets there. So there's no power in the shot, and it's never going to go in. The way he's waiting for the ball, trying to get his body over the top of it, trying to hit it with his right foot. Like that was probably the bad a bad decision. Really hard to criticize him, give him what went before. Yeah, and actually, lovely worked corner to be fair. And it's Yuri Tielemans' chance. It's Bailey goes out to take it as Douglas Ruiz runs away from it, and Bailey puts it in front of him, and Douglas Ruiz drills it. He doesn't float it, he drills it to the far side of the box, where Tielemans has looped around to the far side of the box, and he volleys it, and he doesn't catch it the way he wants to, but he still gets it down underneath the crossbar, he gets it on target, and it's headed off the line in the end, so it actually is quite unlucky, but if he had caught it, I mean, if he had caught that, that would have been just spectacular. Yeah, it's an absolutely brilliant routine and we can thank our lucky stars that it didn't win because we would have had another 90 minutes of Austin McPhee <laughs> during the next game. But the coward insteps it. Like, yeah. How often do you get to volley across unmarked? Fucking of all, volley it. Of all the people I trust to connect with that, like, Telemans is so good on the ball. Like His touch is brilliant. His right foot is brilliant. I would trust him to absolutely spank that. Technically, he's really good. Yeah, and I, and I I wonder was it just this routine has worked so well, and he's he, like you know he's so close in, he probably thinks he doesn't have to volley it like that. I don't know, just fucking put your laces through that. If you sky that pal, I'm forgiving you. But like, don't make me bring on fucking Zaniolo to show you how it's done. Fucking put that with your laces, buddy. Yeah. And then Ollie Watkins with the worst lob attempt of all time. I mean, this is just a lovely ball from Bailey around the corners. First time there was, there was a lot of this tonight, which is great to see coming back. You know, just ball played into Telemans or McGinn or Bailey, and they're just hooking it around to somebody who's dropped into that space. And this time Watkins has dropped off the defender's shoulder, got him behind again. And look, the only thing you can say about this is that he must have known he was onside and it put him off. <laughs> he must have been wearing steel toe cap boots as well. <laughs> that couldn't have come off his foot any worse. It was dreadful. Yeah. Bogle volleyed one wide for Sheffield United. Got, he got a lot of cheers because he finally got shot. It was actually a good strike, to be fair to him. I don't think it warranted the ironic cheers. And then, and then Konza puts all her... Hearts and all their mouths crashes off the post. It's a Yuri Tielemans free, nice free. It's great defending actually. The back post, in fairness, they, they get it away just as Kanza's coming clattering in, and his knee crashes off the post. He looks all right in the end, but <laughs> for a second there, I was like, "Who are we playing next?" And I open it up, <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm not, I'm not watching Cash and Carlos and Longley and Moreno as their back four. I don't deserve this." <laughs> Yeah, I was just thinking, all right, Ezra, I want to I want to break the record as well, but I don't want you breaking your leg to yeah, to win down. to win a fucking <laughs> corner as well. Like the, the other thing is, even if you just did it all like, you know, step towards that defender, he probably would have kicked it out for a corner anyway. You don't need to go flying in around behind them. Just tell him you're there. Shout out his name. Shout out my ball. Do it like, do anything. You'll get the corner. It's not worth it for that. Yeah. Uh Diaby. Yeah, I mean, I mean, lovely, lovely run from Cash. Really powerful, really fast, direct, and he, he just knocks it forward to Tienemans, and it, it's 
the Abbey gets it and he comes back onto his left and it's very obvious that he was going to do that but you were sort of wondering could he have put that across but you know maybe maybe we should just be thankful that he got the shot away this time but I just feel like in all our opposition he's just running back into trouble like we've seen him do yeah but he wasn't against all our opposition so that's the thing the space was always going to be there and I think he knew that it's a lovely dummy in advance of that as well and then it's a delicious little ball from Tielemans so simple like it, like honestly it, 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 was, it was far too easy I mean like that I, I, Tielemans nearly looked like he wasn't going to play it because he probably couldn't believe it was on and mm. then Diaby has really good feet walks into the space it's a decent hit but just put it in the corner and it's a goal it's, uh, yeah. it's a really bad finish after that just do a Bailey on it. It's not that hard. And then uh, Tielemans blew it at this stage and it just looked like he, he did blow a gasket, actually. He he was absolutely brilliant. Probably, like, if it wasn't for Watkins, probably man of the match. And uh, Douglas Ruiz obviously came off after <laughs> halftime. So that, that saved him from winning man of the match. But Tielemans has Diaby and Watkins as man over. Like, it's, it's so clear. And he, and he could go either side. Like, it's so... This isn't a hard one to figure out. The fending isn't set. They're, they're not taking up any good positions. Just pick your pass. And in the end, he doesn't get it right. And Villa actually go down the other end. They can see the fucking corner from that big chance. They should have made it six. <laughs> yeah, it, it took Ramsey long enough to see the pass as well. It's like he didn't yeah. play it to Watkins. And then it was like, go, oh, there's two there, pal. Yeah. And I have no idea what happened to Tielemans there. It was so strange. If he was, if he did blow a gasket, just give it to Diaby then. If he did blow a gasket, give it to Watkins. Do they do something? Don't just stand on the ball and lose it. It's so strange. And you're right that led to Chef United. It's three big chances in it. Yeah, it's the first, the first corner, and of course they get they get a chance that's going straight for the goal line, and of course it's Ollie Watkins that heads it off the goal line as well. It was Robinson who got the header, and then the double Emmy Martinez save, which is really good from him, especially as he's fallen on his arse both times, and then it's about to still go in with their fourth chance in that corner. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Their fourth chance from that corner. And then Bubakar Kamara deserves the credit then for nicking in and nicking the ball. Yeah, and even the chance before that was created by Tielemans to cock up, like, get Archer away in the counter-attack and to win the corner. Yeah. Watkins does really well to get it off the line. Emmy Martinez does absolutely incredible. And yeah, Bubakar Kamara does brilliantly to poke it away. Just good, glad to see them trying to see out the clean sheet. I'm glad to see them that it matters to them as well. Because that, that always matters to me when I'm watching a match. It always takes the shine off it for me. If you're 5-0 up and you've 5-1 just isn't as good. It's nowhere near as good. No, <laughs> See this and, it's, and it's not good if you draw the second half 1-1. One, one, it's not <laughs> nice. You? It's, your form's not good then. You're, you've drawn your last game. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the last two chances, Morgan Rogers. You know, he, he's the first touch for Aston Villa. He would have loved that. He would have absolutely loved it. Cash again, great run from Matt Cash. Pokes it in front of the Abbey, pulls it back. Nice from the Abbey. And there it is, Rogers, and man, man, a little tiny bit behind him, but that's far too kind. And he balloons it over. And then Cameron Archer again just goes through. This was the period in the game where the boys were sort of flat footed and just letting red and white jerseys just piss past them. And, and Longley was alert. Thankfully, he wasn't flat footed and he came across and blocked Archer, but only got the chance because Archer seemed to be falling over as he was coming through. It's absolutely fucking pathetic from Rogers. Really, really. <laughs> 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 it's a it's an absolutely brilliant 70 yard run from cash to set this up actually and the the players in front of him give him absolutely nothing the movement from rogers and uh the abbey were terrible luckily sheffield united eventually gave him the pass and cash must have known that as well like you know when you're playing against people who are shite you, you can lose your marker by making a second run or just by standing still 
You know, if, if, the, if the ball was moving, just stand still. They'll run away. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Just stand still and people will run away from you and then you can collect the ball. And that's what happened for Cash and he eventually was able to work it to Diaby. Diaby worked it well. You're right. It's behind Rodgers. If Rodgers was in the game for an extra 10 minutes, he probably would have realized he had time to take a touch there. He shouldn't be taking a touch. But if it's behind him, maybe just take the touch as well because Sheffield United are dreadful. Who wins this? Is it... Is it Rogers? I think it is, isn't it? I think it has to be. Yeah, it's a ball falling yeah. to a forward, eight yards out. Oh. Yeah, Tiedemann's had the volley, but like that, as I said, that would have been an unbelievable goal. The who wins the Paul Merson? That's just filthy award. We've got Douglas Ruiz's pass to Ollie Watkins. We've got Ezri Konza for his chance that we talked about, and then we've got Bubakar Kamara down the right hand side. Just some lovely footwork, you know, just to sort of from right to left, stepping around the defender, getting absolutely swiped off his feet. And referee not interested. That's probably the stage where you did notice the referee then for the first time because he wasn't interested at that stage. I think it has to go to Ezra Konza because like, like Ezra Konza's moving at such speed there and it was so unexpected what he did. And he, he just seemed to float past. Oh, he floats fair. all the time. Yeah, he does. Yeah. It was just <laughs> to see it in the, six, the opposition six-yard box, Conor. Something yeah. extra special. Yeah, all right. Well, I can't believe we're we're given we're given to anybody over Douglas Louise, but I'll accept it in this case because it is Ezra Conza. And because it's Douglas Louise as well, so Douglas Louise can play that pass in his sleep. <laughs> there was only one nomination for the Peter Enkelman What the Fuck Award. It was Longley's pass to Tim and you know, both of these guys at fault Longley's pass. It's just Jesus Christ, he played that just a a centre back who's under a lot of pressure, sorry, centre midfielder. Just unnecessary pass. And then Tim is just dallying on it, and then eventually he turns the wrong direction and loses the ball. Any other team, we've probably considered a goal there. <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> if I'd blame Longley that much. I mean, Longley has played it into his centre midfielder. Yeah, that's fair skip enough. It, skip it back to Longley. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the category that we only had in one game so far, but maybe we should keep an eye and bring it back every so often as the Sheffield United restart. That is the most depressing thing I've ever seen award. <laughs> <laughs> Coined, of course, after the game at Villa Park where Sheffield United just booted the ball out of play from the restart to try and save the 1-1 that they blew. They were they were winning that match and then they weren't interested in trying to go back and win it again. But the most depressing thing I've ever seen awards this week goes to Sheffield United. And mm. it's when they're 5-0 down and they're still playing a 5-3-2. And it's not even that. It's that they're still just sitting in their own box doing nothing. It's like, what are they... Like you have to score six goals here. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> You've literally got tens of fans to keep interested in this game. <laughs> I mean, I I think you could probably, the most depressing thing I've ever seen award, you could probably just give it to Sheffield United. I mean, <laughs> there was a moment in the first half when Konza let whatever shite bag it was kick the ball up the field. Konza chased him into the corner flag and then turned away and just let him kick it back to Carlos. Like he, he knew nothing else was going to happen. Like he, he might even have expected the Sheffield United fullback to miss the ball and spin in a circle and fall on his arse or fucking run into the corner flag, legs akimbo like Wiley Coyote. But he knew he was getting the ball back one way or another. So he just let him kick the ball. That just really showed the lack of respect he had. There was another moment, McAtee. McAtee tried to dribble on the outside of Moreno in the first half, he was on the sideline, Conan. And he tried to go around the outside of him. 
And then there was another moment in the second half, Bertrand Diaz. Bertrand Diaz tackled himself with his own left foot. He was he was up against Clement Longley, Conan. He, he, he couldn't beat Clement Longley for yeah. pace. Couldn't even beat his own standing foot. He's, yeah. he's tackled himself and knocked I it out for that. He ran out of play. Yeah, he, he kept the ball away from Longley. Is probably what he was thinking. Because <laughs> his right foot knocked it towards him. His left foot said, no, 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 no. And then by, by the time he realized what had happened, it was out of play. Unbelievable. Most pathetic thing I've ever seen. <laughs> From the most pathetic team we've ever seen. The the Vyman meter going up. Andy Vyman's going up, Liam. I mean, people were worried what would become of this meter when Andy Vyman jumped ship. Jumped ship. He went from Bristol City to... <laughs> <laughs> But he went to West Brom, and the idea of this meter is that we can never hate Andy Vyman or never hate somebody like him. And he went to West Brom, and we were all a little bit like, ah, oh, you know, how do we feel about this? I mean, if it turns out West Brom's a feeder club for Aston Villa now, I mean, you're just constantly He's, buying players. Anybody are you play we can for get the West back, Brom? <laughs> Jesus, there's a thought. There's a thought. I mean, we didn't have any striker again on the bench. And we've got Andy Vyman, who's going up on this meter because he just scored the winner in the only goal of the game against Birmingham City of all teams. So we were worried about him going to West Brom for the rivalry. But, I mean, if he's going to keep doing this to Birmingham City every week, which he won't, obviously, but we'll be absolutely delighted for him. Yeah, and I hear he celebrated widely in front of the, the Birmingham City fans as well, which would normally make you go up, but given what's happened in the football <laughs> stadiums, not neck of the woods recently. I don't know if that was the wisest thing to do. Yeah, going up. I mean, uh, let's put well, let's put Longley up. I mean, he gets enough criticism, and I mean, he kept a clean sheet. I don't think he did anything wrong today. Not that he had to do much today, but I mean, it is a game that <laughs> didn't put a foot wrong, really. And he absolutely terrified Bertrand Diaz as well. So that's that's good. <laughs> going up, Alex Moreno after he went down so far against Sheffield United. Going up, Douglas Luiz obviously going up. Bubakar Kamara. Yeah, Bubakar Kamara was. Bubakar Kamara was good today, yeah, yeah, without doubt. Yeah, going up, Yuri Telemans, absolutely for sure. He was just sensational. And going up, Ollie Watkins. Going up, yeah. Does Diaby get to go up? Because I don't remember him doing anything that absolutely made me want to rip my stomach out like the last <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you, yeah, like I'm, I'm happy enough for Diaby to go up. He should have had an assist for Rodgers as well. That would have been nice. It would have been a nice thing for him to, yeah. to happen to him. But yeah, like it's, I don't think he exactly lit the world on fire. I remember the game he was coming into as well. Yeah. I want Matt Cash to go up there. Something about the Newcastle game. I know he, he was basically a fold for the third and, and, and the final nail in our coffin goal. But there was something about it that I didn't mind too much. And when he came on today, I was like, oh, for God's sake, I, I said it earlier. And and it was good. I liked it. Once again, conscious that under no pressure, really. But yeah, I liked it. I liked the movement of him down the right. Yeah, he looked like he he looked like he wanted to continue scoring, which I was all for as well. Like you know, <laughs> let's keep going, Matt here. And he did carry the ball at least seventy yards two or three times as well, which yeah. is beating itself, even if you're not being tackled. Yeah, there's nobody going up as far as Bertrand Terori's going up though. I mean. <laughs> It is sad, but this is an, an emotional plea for Bertrand Terroir to go up. It isn't me just saying a heartfelt goodbye to him, which you know I really want to do. I really want to give him his own podcast again. But you go back and listen to the Leicester City podcast. 
last season. I mean, the first seven minutes of that, no joke, are all about Bertrand Shorey. I know he scored a winner, but we are talking every which way possible about Bertrand Shorey. I mean, we're going into Bertrand Russell a lot talking about him. And we're talking about... <laughs> We're talking about how he conquered fear. I mean, this is, I think we brought in a quote from Bertrand, Bertrand Russell about, about the idea of fear and how it inhibits man and how it doesn't inhibit Bertrand Shorey. <laughs> Go back and listen to it. He got every single bit of praise that he could ever want in that podcast. But genuinely, he deserves to be going up here because he's cancelled his contract. He's cancelled his contract and just moved to Villarreal. Now, I'm a bit pissed off at you because you told me just in the last podcast, Bertrand Shorey ain't going anywhere, pal. <laughs> is that not what until, I said? Yeah, not until his contract's up. And yeah. and yeah, what happened? Can, and he cancelled his contract. <laughs> 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 Very good. Very good. Uh, and he cancelled his contract, meaning nobody had to pay any money for him. I mean, and he could actually leave because otherwise he wouldn't have left. And that's why he's going up in the Vimeo meter as well. He should have been a bit sharper for that. But it reminded me of Jack Rodwell. Remember him? <laughs> Jesus, I talk about the great hope. I mean, he's coming from Man City, went to Sunderland, and then they couldn't get rid of him. <laughs> he's, he's 32 now, by the way. I'm 32? Sure 32. I'm sure he was in all those Daily Mail teams and whatever else about players who are going to be starting for England in the 2022 World Cup and whatever. But I, I, I always, always remember the Sunderland Till I Die documentary, and they had just signed Ashley Fletcher from United, and whoever had CEO was at that time there was excitement in the building because they were finally getting rid of Jack Rodwell and they were going to get him off the wage because they brought him down from the Premier League in the Championship they were struggling they need to get rid of him and he was hanging around and it was just like this is annoying this boy's not playing for us and he's getting so much money and that episode was about Rodwell's leaving and they signed Ashley Fletcher and then <laughs> Fletcher's in the building for the first time and the CEO says hello hang on just got a phone call takes the phone call finds out Jack Rodwell's going nowhere and goes fuck fuck <laughs> <laughs> slams his door and Fletcher's standing outside sort of you know, giving a little smile because the cameras are on him but thinking what have I just walked in <laughs> and that is the feeling like we're talking about being under pressure there for a profit and sustainability and we can't get rid of these players and Bertrand Drury says boys one last time I will dig you out I will dig- <laughs> I will do this for you and honestly, genuinely deserves a lot of admiration. And it's just been a great, he's been a great man to have around. I mean, what a character. You couldn't dream of a better character to talk about on a podcast when you're doing 50 podcasts a season. I mean, drop a Bertrand Shorey in there every so often and it does, it does add a bit of spice and fairness to him. And I am going to miss him for all those reasons. Yeah, but... The other way to think about this, though, is if Bertrand Troy is going to die happy, that's not a threat. I'm, I'm, ups- <laughs> I'm upset, but I'm not, I'm not angry. His contract is going up one way or the other. <laughs> but he's going to die happy when, when in reality he should be dying full of regret. Like He should be dying knowing that he didn't make it to where he should have. Like he'll, he'll, he'll die never knowing that, though. Because the thing, the, the the only thing that stopped him becoming the best footballer in the world is that very thing that means he'll die without regret. He doesn't understand the game of football. And that's the, that's the only thing that ever held him back. <laughs> but in not understanding the game of football, Jesus Christ, was he able to bring joy 
to the world. Do you remember that? Was it was it against Leicester as well, where he did that shot back inside with his right foot and just ended up 15 yards of space while the player went sliding past him down the byline without understanding what had just happened? These yeah, fucking that, whole that was Everton. Yeah. Everton. And then he's, he's, he's in 15 yards of space, got the whole half of the pitch then to run into, and he just pops it off to Watkins and stands there. Didn't care. <laughs> Yeah, didn't care. Scored the, the coldest goal that we'll ever see against West Brom. And that, that was like, that's the sort of goal you can you can gen like you can just watch it over and over and over because every time it happens, you, you're looking at something else, and, and he always seems to hit it faster than you expect, no matter how <laughs> no matter how often you watch it, and he always seems to hit it lighter than you expect as well. And you keep watching it back to see how did the keeper get done, but every time you watch it, it's like. Yeah, I can see how he got done, but I still don't understand it. And there, there, there is Bertie T. That is, and and therein lies the glorious enigma of Bertie T. And he's he's, he's had even he, like I will have the regrets about. Obviously, we had to get him off the wages and all, and it's great that he did uh, drop his contract. But surely he's looking at Leon Bailey, thinking, "Fuck! If I just listen to this, soon I am really lad for for half a season. What sort of a player could I be?" But then you always have to come back to it. Does he understand that he's not the player he could be? <laughs> I don't think he does. Yeah, I don't think he does. But I'm happy that he is enjoying himself. And that's all that really matters from now on. And I will watch his progress in Villarreal with great interest. Thanks for everything, Bertie. I really mean it. Thanks for the vibes more than more than anything else. The only person I have going down on the Vima meter is Gareth Southgate heading out to Amsterdam to watch Jordan Henderson play for Ajax. <laughs> there, well, let me better, tell you better I, than the fucking camera spanning them every 20 seconds in today's game wasn't it yeah look i don't know how jordan henderson performed in this match but i do know how jordan henderson performed in that match there's nothing flying out to holland to watch jordan henderson that you will learn anything new watching him like you know exactly what jordan henderson's going to bring to the table and you know gareth exactly what he's very specifically going to bring to your england squad that you've definitely already included him in <laughs> it, it, i'll be interested to see if those fluted balls to the back post will work over in uh, netherlands so kind of in a way you're so skeptical about it yeah anybody else you want to put up or down no, I think you've, I think you've covered it there. I mean, we could go through the whole squad and put them up, put in Emery up yet again because of how he was able to inspire the team to just absolutely blow apart whatever that was we were playing against today. Yeah, Jack Rodwell goes down. Obviously, he's out in Australia now playing football for Western Sydney Wanderers at thirty-two years of age. I can't believe he's thirty. I, I would have guessed thirty-seven. Going up, yeah. Jack Rodwell's age. Going down, Jack Rodwell's age. Without me noticing. <laughs> Everton City, Sunderland, Blackburn, Sheffield United, one game, Western City <laughs> Wanderers. Couldn't even make it at Sheffield United. <laughs> Sydney FC, actually, is where he's at now. Who knows? I, I didn't know there's a difference between Western City Wanderers and Sydney FC. Sue me. <laughs> Sue me. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. And thank you very much for listening again. I think we're back midweek for the FA Cup game, the FA Cup replay. So hopefully we don't. I was going to have such a depressing take on that. I was going to be like, oh, hopefully we don't waste too much energy. We're ready for it. Like, come on, let's just go for this match. Let's just put Chelsea out of their misery and take it from there. It's Wednesday night. We'll see you after that match.
Isaac Quainor, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO.